my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, this is Marissa here. Welcome to this episode of the Digital Nomad Experts podcast here at Beach Commute. Today, I want to talk about the last couple of months of my travel, where I've been traveling very fast, talk a little bit about the pros and cons of traveling quickly versus slowly based on this experience. But really, this particular episode is going to talk about, I don't know if cons is the right word, but the price that you pay as a digital nomad when you travel really quickly. And while on Instagram or some places it might seem really cool going all to these, you know, so many different countries the way you might backpack when we were younger or just travel quickly, I want to share the not so glamorous side of this part of, of travel. So if you've listened to any of our past episodes where I've been jamming with Jeff and Diego, you'll often hear them uh, kind of laugh at the way that I travel quickly sometimes. Laugh is a nice word, but Jeff and Diego really love to slow down when they travel. They like to stay somewhere for a month, maybe even two months, take it easy, get comfortable, get to know their routine, their coffee shops, their gyms, their workout, whatever it is that they like to do, their restaurants, their go-to places, and really just feel settled. So when you've been traveling the world for a long time, there is a lot to be said for that. And I have definitely come to appreciate that slow travel far more than I ever realized. But every now and then, I like to test myself and, and move a little quickly. So over the past two and a half months, I have been in 10 different countries. So I started in Bulgaria. I spent about a month there. I spent about two weeks in Romania. And then I moved uh, pretty quickly, about a week or even less sometimes, to I went to Hungary, to Slovakia, to Czech Republic, Poland, Lithuania, um, Latvia, and Estonia, and then flew through uh, Spain for a day on my way back to the States. So 10 countries, two and a half months, it was a lot. Um, on top of that, it wasn't even the places that I loved, which I'll talk about. So why did I choose to travel quickly? There's several reasons. Every now and then, for the most part, I will stay in a place as a nomad now for a month or two, maybe six weeks, somewhere in between there. And I really love it. But then I'll get in spurts where, again, I will travel to about 10 different countries at a time very fast. So a couple of reasons why I might choose to travel quickly. One... I did have a goal, I'm going to talk about this in a different podcast episode, of getting to every country in the world. And so that requires moving quickly sometimes if there's, you know, 197 countries, more or less, depending on uh, the rules and who's counting, but somewhere around there. So 
in the time that I have, I try to get everywhere fairly quickly. So number one, I just, I want to get to all the places. And so I move faster sometimes than people who, who don't have that goal. And I'll talk about why that goal has changed. Number two, uh, sometimes I don't want to spend a lot of times in particular places. So some people, my friends might like, why are you going there in the first place? So again, my goal was to visit all the countries in the world. And so to do that, sometimes I go to countries or places that, you know, there's something to love about every country. I will say that for sure. And I try to make the most of my time wherever I go and find joy in whatever I do. But, you know, when you put me in a country in Eastern Europe versus Bali or the beach in Mexico, it's just unparalleled for me personally, right? You might love Eastern Europe and and hate Bali, right? We're all different. But the point is, sometimes there's countries where I know I'm not going to love the places as much. I don't love cities. I don't like these destinations. I don't like to be landlocked. So if I'm trying to get to all the places, I might just spend a day or two in these countries and and move onward rather than spend a month in a place that I don't really love. And number three is kind of the reverse of that. Sometimes I'm near some countries or cities or towns or beaches that I really, really do want to get to and I would love to spend far more time there, but I you know, have to get back to the States for a friend's wedding or the holidays or something that I, or I need to be, meet a friend in a different country that I said I would go to, something like that. So for example, when I first started my journey in Southeast Asia, I stayed for six weeks in Bali. I was in five weeks in Thailand. And then I moved a little uh, quicker through countries like Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, uh, things like that. And I would love to go back and spend more time in those places. But at that time, I was a newer nomad. And I was like, I I would rather see all of these places for a couple of weeks or even a couple days rather than not see them at all in this moment. So those are the reasons why you might find me traveling quickly and you might find other people doing the same. All of that being said, to set the stage, I really want to focus this episode. I'm going to talk through the seven cons or really the seven difficulties that happen as a digital nomad when you're traveling quickly. So this is very different than if I think back to After college, I took a month and I backpacked through Europe, but I wasn't working. And so the goal was like, go, 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 see everything, do everything, go all out before I had to go home and start my office job and my career at Pepsi where I was going to be stuck in an office all year. So it's pretty different when you are working full time. So when you're traveling quickly in 10 countries in two months, I had travel days where it was early mornings or late nights or even overnight so that I could get back to work the next day and still run a business, still run my coaching business, still run beach commute, have my calls, do all of the things. So the seven cons I want to talk about, number one, is it's really mentally and physically exhausting to travel this quickly, whether you're working or not, but especially when you are working. So I forget the exact quote. There's there's some book I read about sleep that says your body takes X amount of days to adjust to a new bed and a new place. I don't know if this is for certain for me. If I'm in one place too long, I feel like I can't sleep as well, like on to the next. Uh, so I don't know for sure if it's the same for my body, but it definitely does take time at least a couple of days or one day to adjust to being in a new apartment, being in a new bed, feeling rested. I can't tell you how many times I wake up or in the past two months and I was like, what country am I in? What city? Where am I again? Like, I I don't even know. So that has to take a number on, on your body, on your mind, just to be moving around, staying in so many different beds, apartments, 
and just, yeah, not even knowing what country you're in when you wake up. And on top of that, when you are traveling this quickly, so from country to country, some days it might be a five-hour you know, car, bus, train, whether it's three hours, five hours, seven hours. These are kind of, I would say, the um, about the, the hours that I was traveling in between places. It's hard on your body to sit for that long while you are commuting. So imagine how you feel after a five, you know, think about a five-hour car drive you might have done to a beach for the week or something like that. Like your your body's tired when you get out of the car or the bus or the train or the plane or wherever it is where you're you're sedentary, you're not eating as well while you're on the bus, even if you try to pack better food. It's it's just not the same as eating those home cooked meals. It might throw off your exercise schedule. So if I am traveling for five hours in the morning, I really have to at the end of the day prioritize am I working out? Am I getting work done? Do I have calls? Do I need to sleep? Like so overall it's it's just mentally and physically really exhausting to travel that quickly and then staying on top of work. It's it's just tough. Number two, I just alluded to this a little bit, but it's harder to eat as well. So not only on those travel days in which it's very difficult, but just in general when you're moving quickly. So for me and Air, you know, when I get Airbnbs, when I travel, if I'm somewhere for a month, I go to the grocery store, I buy groceries, I have them, I get to know the healthy food places, I get to know what I like. And when you're only somewhere for a couple days, I did get pretty good at making sure I went to the grocery store and, and got, you know, food. But sometimes there's a day on the front end or the back end where, you know, I'll land somewhere and I have calls right away or I have work right away and I don't know where the grocery store is. So I eat, you know, I order food or find something just right next door because I'm in a rush and I don't eat as well. And then maybe I'll finally get groceries the next day. But on the third day, instead of continually buying groceries, I'm trying to like eat the food I have because I'm leaving and um, it's just harder to stay healthy eating. So as a next step, this is all, all building on the same kind of thing. It's it's harder to keep up your exercise routine when you're moving this quickly as well. So I, when I think back to some of the places where I've stayed for four weeks, six weeks, two months, maybe even longer, one of my favorite parts about being in those places, and everyone has different workout routines, um, but I love to find whether a specific class or a certain gym in that location and really just get the routine I love. So in in Bali, there was a gym that I love that had boxing classes and different kind of all body workouts. And I, I loved this gym and it was it was so fun. If it was one of the fittest, healthiest I, I feel like I was. Same for Mexico. When I live in Playa del Carmen, there's this boxing gym that I go to and it's one of my favorite parts of living in Playa. But no matter where, whatever gym it is, whether it's dance classes or kickboxing or boxing or whatever that is for me we all have different you know other people love their yoga classes it's just so much easier to you know take the time it takes a day or two to find the gym the classes whatever I I want to do and that's worthwhile when I'm staying somewhere for a month but if I'm only there for two to seven days uh, I always find some sort of workout but I usually just walk a lot of miles to go around and tour a place or just do some at-home workouts. I don't really take as much time to find the gym or the classes that I like. Number four is it's just harder to get work done as well. So not only do does it take less time in the day, you know, on those travel days. So like I mentioned, some mornings I might get up and go on a five-hour drive, and which is okay. I still have the second half of the day to, to work, and depending on the time change, that, that can work just as well for my schedule. But in addition to even just those travel days, 
uh, it's, it's hard to get that routine in a new place. So when I travel, I like to do my calls from home, but I also like to go work in cafes. And when I stay somewhere for a month or two, I take the first couple of days to find that cafe that I really like that feels comfortable with, doesn't have loud music or it has the view or the Wi-Fi or the food or the drinks that I like. And when you're just somewhere again for three to five or seven days or even two weeks, it sometimes takes that long just to find the places that you want to work from. So it takes time to research, to get it done, and you just don't end up getting as much or as good quality work done when you're traveling so quickly and so often. In addition to that, it is mentally hard, at least for me, to get as much creative work done. So when I'm so, as I talked about earlier, just physically, mentally exhausted, maybe not sleeping as well, maybe not eating as well. When I go to do my work, I still will, you know, I'll do my calls and they're great and I'll get this stuff done that absolutely has to get done. But sometimes it's harder, you know, it takes up that capacity for my creativity. All of my, that energy that would go to that is drained from just finding a place to work, to work out, to eat, to to live, to be, to plan the next travel days. And that creative work that I do, it's just a little bit harder. So when I'm somewhere for a month or more, even two, three weeks, I can really get in the zone and get that creativity done. But when you travel super quick, it can definitely take a toll. And then lastly, another thing that just takes a lot of time out of the day that could be spent working or focusing on work is having to take time to figure out the next steps for travel. So on this, these last two and a half months, it would take us several hours in the day where we'd have to say, okay, where are we going next? How many days do we want to stay there? Do we want to stay longer? Do we think we want to stay shorter? We have to research Airbnbs, reach out, negotiate to figure out the train schedule or the bus schedule and pair that with the rentals and even figuring out how long we want to stay in a place. Is it going to be on the weekend? Do we need to work around our calls? So it takes a lot of time to plan travel. So that's why you'll find so many nomads really starting to slow down the more you travel because you land in a place and it's, it's kind of nice to, to stay and know where you're going to be and hang out a little bit. And then, and also in addition, even just wanting to explore the new place that you are takes time out of the day. So if I'm somewhere for a month, I know I really have the weekends or a day when I have a lighter workload or just am in the right mood to go and explore the town or the city or the beach or the mountains, wherever I am. But if I know I'm somewhere only for three days, five days, a week, during that time, even when it's not convenient or I might be tired, I'm not in the mood, I get up and I go explore the place because I want to see where I am. I want to walk the town. I want to feel what it's like. I want to go to that restaurant that I can only get to while I'm there. And so all of these things can really eat away at whether it's work, sleep, working out, eating well. It, it really all plays a toll. Uh, number five is that it's time consuming. So I talked about this, you know, the time consuming part of actually planning the logistics of your travel, taking away from that work time. But yeah, just in general, moving this quickly is very time consuming and it is time that could be spent doing different activities for your health, your business, your work, your exploration, whatever that might be, when you can slow down and stay a little bit longer. Number six is that uh, you don't get to really fully know a place 
uh, in depth the way that you do when you stay a long time. So when I think about those places that I've lived for a while, I get to know the neighborhoods. I get to know the local coffee shops. I get to know maybe even some local neighbors or one of my favorite parts, like I said, is going to different gyms. And that's one of my favorite ways to get to know the local people. I form a relationship with them. You get to know them as friends. And you just really get to feel what it feels like to live in a place. So if I think back to the way I used to travel for vacation, you're just there pretty briefly. You get to see what that city looks like, a little bit of what it feels like, but there's just nothing the same as knowing a neighborhood, knowing the people, getting to see weird uh, customs or rituals or, or notice the things that people do in those cultures that you just can't see when you're there for a shorter time. So that's actually been one of the most surprising things to me that I've loved about my travels that I never anticipated because I I just had never done it when I was traveling for vacation. And you really miss out on it when you travel quickly. But again, I got to see a lot of places. So there's, there's pros and cons to all of it. And then number seven, the last part is you really lack community when you travel this quickly. So I've done some, when I travel this quickly, Um, usually I am at least with one other person. I've kind of roped people in to do this quick travel with me, uh, in the past and a couple different situations. And so I'll have, you know, a person or two, or we'll meet up with some people along the way. For example, I was with four people in Bulgaria for the month. We met up, uh, the four of us went to Romania, met up with Jeff and, uh, four other of our nomad friends. And then two other people joined us for, uh, we went to Budapest and Hungary. So like we had some people along the way of, of nomad friends. And then that last part, I, I had some people who were asking me, I want to meet up with you in Europe. Where are you going to be? What are you going to do? Where should I meet you? And honestly, I was traveling so so quickly that I couldn't make plans with them. You know, My answer was, I, I don't know where I'm going to be next week or the week after or this day or this night. Maybe tentatively I'll be here if you're flexible and you want to come last minute, we can meet up. And It was actually really lovely. For example, I had a friend I met up in Lithuania, some friends who saw I was in Poland and reached out, Uh, some friends. Where else did I see people? Um, I ran into a random travel friend of mine in Prague. We just both happened to be there. So there still is community along the way, but it's just not the same as being stationary in a place, either with friends that you have decided to spend time with there or, you know, when I think about Mexico, for example, it's one of the places I've, I've lived the longest in Playa del Carmen. There was different volleyball meetups and different trivia nights and just ways beyond just the people I knew that I could really build a community and a network, which is so important. It, it can definitely uh, feel lacking, at, at least for me. So maybe some people love to spend all the time alone. But if you know you get connection from being around friends and other nomads and other people, traveling quickly unless you somehow magically rope in 10 people to travel this quickly with you. It's really hard because even with just two of us doing this, we were working around each other's travel schedules and when they have calls and working bus schedules around that. So doing that quickly with a large community is very hard. But luckily, since I've been traveling so many years, I was so lucky to have friends and nomads and local, you know, people who I'd met in different countries and happened to be back in their home country along the way. So yeah, number seven is just, it's really hard to have that community in the same way when you travel that quickly. So all of that being said, the pro, the the beauty of traveling this quickly is that you get to see a lot of places. I have been to 
over 70 countries now. I've been to a lot of countries in this world, and I feel so grateful. I love that I've been able to see different places, maybe know where I want to go back to or know what I like and what I don't like, and and just, yeah, I feel so grateful to have had the opportunity and freedom as a digital nomad who can work from wherever to see so many places. But with this podcast, we love to share the truth behind being a digital nomad. So not just the, you know, pretty laptop shots working from a beach, which absolutely do happen, but some of the hardships, some of the really difficult parts of traveling so, so, so fast. So this is just something to be mindful of. If you are thinking about getting into this lifestyle, if you want to become a digital nomad, travel the world, I definitely recommend, (laughs) Jeff and Diego will laugh at me, stick it out for a month or so in the places that you're really excited to go to. And then, you know, if you want to hop around for a couple days here and there to try somewhere new, you definitely can, but be mindful and be aware of the hardships that come both for your mental, physical health and the quality of your work and what you're capable of. And for me, I'm able to kind of push through and do that from time to time. And then I really like to take a step back and land somewhere and stay for four to six weeks. And then I'll go, go, go a little bit and and land for a while. So that's a wrap for this. I will have an episode all about why I actually want to stop traveling to so many countries so quickly and really focus on the places that I love. So stay tuned for that coming. I learned some big lessons in Eastern Europe and one of my least favorite places in the world. Again, some people love Eastern Europe to each their own. That's the beauty of our individual personalities and travel styles. Everyone gets to like what they like and dislike what they don't like as much. But again, I hope that you enjoyed really learning the hard side of traveling quickly. So as always, if you are interested in getting a remote job to travel the world, if you want the freedom and flexibility to work from wherever so you can end up in Bulgaria or Romania or wherever you choose to go, have a couple resources for you. Check out beachcommute.com slash seven jobs. That's the number seven, the word jobs. Matt will give you the seven most common jobs that digital nomads in our community do. You can also check out our Go Remote Employment course, which teaches you everything you need to know about becoming a digital nomad, getting a remote job, figuring out what remote job you even want in the first place, figuring out how to negotiate with your current employer or future employer, and really how to nail the work part to have Wi-Fi, get it done, all of that. So check out beachcommute.com slash GRE if you're interested in that. We'll have these all in the show notes. And hope you enjoyed this. Reach out if you have any thoughts, if you'd like to travel quickly, slowly. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email us, hello at beachcommute.com. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.